You are listening to the 1% Christian, the daily Bible study where we get together for 1% of our day. We study God's word and then we head out to the remaining 99% to do something amazing with this life that God's given us. I am Pastor J.D. Ambrosio with Sound of Heaven Church in Deer Park, New York. I invite you to check us out at soh.church. While you're there, make sure that you download our mobile app. We've got a free app that's got a digital Bible and an online community that is really fun to be a part of. If you're listening anywhere where you get our podcasts, uh, like, share, subscribe, turn on your notifications, leave a cool message, a review. People look at that stuff and we want to get the word out there. Amen. We're continuing with Matthew chapter 12 today and uh, excited to continue the study. Yesterday, we kicked off Matthew 12 and you know what's going on. Jesus is facing a lot of flack, a lot of shade, as the kids say, uh, because of uh, the things that he is doing and the things that he is saying. He's setting people free and that's making some religious folks pretty mad. And uh, what, where we left off was that Jesus's disciples are walking with him and they're walking along the edges of uh, the fields and they're picking grains. Problem is, it was the Sabbath. You were not allowed to do things like that on the Sabbath. So they start um, accusing Jesus, of course, of breaking the law. What we covered yesterday was, you know, when Jesus did something that seemed contrary to the law, we have to ask ourselves, was Jesus wrong or had the law been wrong, uh, or at least the, the man-made part of the law. The law started out as the Ten Commandments, and uh, the Pharisees in particular uh, ended up creating hundreds of rules and regulations. And Jesus comes, and right now what he's doing, he's flipping everything. Remember, he flipped the tables. He's flipping uh, a lot of things uh, with what their mindset is. He's trying to remove some of the old wine, uh, I almost said wineskin, uh, that is true, remove the old wineskin, right, and uh, replace it with the new, because you can't fill an old wineskin with new wine, it'll break, and uh, what that really means is you can't bring, even even if it's old blessings, into new places a lot of times. Uh, God is trying to do something new. He does new things, Right, he tries to introduce uh, new things into our life. Now they're not new to God, but uh, we can always get new revelation. And this is making some of the religious folks mad. So the Pharisees uh, begin to rebuke Jesus, accuse him of being a lawbreaker, and Jesus tells them, I'm sure to their dismay, that something greater than the law is here. And he points out their hypocrisy about how they hold David in high standard. Meanwhile, David broke the law. And uh, we can go down the line with all of the fathers of the faith, so to speak, of the Old Testament. And they all made serious mistakes. Jesus never sinned, not even one time. So now we're continuing through Matthew 12. We're going to start with verse 9. And Jesus departs from there and goes to the synagogue. Verse 10, and behold, there was a man with a withered hand, and they questioned him, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath in order that they might accuse him? So they're trying to set Jesus up here. Let me tell you how they're trying to do it. It's the Sabbath, and if he does it, they can accuse him of now what? Doing something else that he shouldn't be doing on the Sabbath. If he doesn't do it, 
then what? They can call him inconsistent. They can point to him as if he, quote, unquote, knows it's wrong to do. And then they can point to every other time, because this isn't the only time that Jesus heals or does something on the Sabbath, and point to those and kind of reinforce their narrative that it is wrong for uh, him to do that. And I think it's important to say that whenever we're faced with this type of trap in our life, just do what's right. Do what is right, whatever the outcome. You can never go wrong by doing what is right. So what does Jesus do? I love, love, love this. He responds to them with a question. So they're looking to accuse him. They say, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? And Jesus turns around and says this. What man shall there be among you who shall have one sheep that falls into a pit on the Sabbath? Will he not take hold of it and lift it out? Of how much more value than is a man than a sheep? So then it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Puts it right back on them. Right back on them. Because the hypocrisy, like we saw yesterday, and like we saw yesterday, the Pharisees are stopping everybody from picking the grain from the outskirts of the land. And that was really a Old Testament, all the way back to Deuteronomy law, that really was to help feed the people of the region, right? You wouldn't harvest the edges of your property so people that needed it could come by and pick and eat, right? But isn't it amazing how they make a law, you can't do that on the Sabbath, but all of these Pharisees, these chief priests, trust me, they're not in a position where they need to pick, <laughs> where they need to pick grain from anywhere. They were pretty good themselves. And that's always how it is, right? With the elites of the world. What's good for me is not good for you and vice versa. And that's what we see here. And that's not, listen, you can go across civilizations. You can go across cultures. A lot of times we want to blame a civilization. We want to blame the culture. This really boils down to the broken human condition. And even these guys who were looked at as the holy of holies in the land, look at the way they're behaving here. And Jesus calls them right out on it. Which one of you on the Sabbath, if your sheep fell into a hole, wouldn't pick it up? And they're probably sitting there looking at each other, right? You know, there, there are some Christians in our day and age that believe that you still have to keep the Sabbath. That is not something that I agree with. I love you guys. Uh, you can send me emails and I'll love to have that, you know, conversation if we do it respectfully. Um, but, you know, I, I would ask you, some of you all out there, if you dropped a hundred dollar bill on the floor on the Sabbath, would you pick it up? And if you wouldn't, I'm really interested in that. That would be an interesting thing. What the Pharisees are doing here, they're basically saying, well, what Jesus is forcing them to admit, they may not admit it verbally, but, you know, they admit it in their heart that they would help themselves, but they wouldn't help other people. And Jesus is saying it's always, always appropriate to do the right thing, even on the Sabbath. <laughs> right? Think about that for a second. So he says it, says, so then it, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. And then what does he do? He does some good. 
Then he, Jesus, said to the man, stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out. And it was restored to normal like the other. But the Pharisees, they were like, wow, we were wrong. This is amazing. You know, what were we thinking? No, they didn't do that. They didn't do that. But the Pharisees went out and counseled together against him as to how they might destroy him. But Jesus, aware of this, withdrew from there. And many followed him and he healed them. Everywhere Jesus went, he healed people. And he warned them not to make him known in order that what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. Behold my servant whom I have chosen, my beloved in whom my soul is well pleased. I will put my spirit upon him and he proclaim justice to the Gentiles. He will not quarrel nor cry out, nor will anyone hear his voice in the streets. A battered reed he will not break from, and a smoldering wick he will not put out, until he leads justice to victory, and in his name the Gentiles will have hope. Quoting the prophet Isaiah here, who prophesied just how the Messiah would be. Over 300 prophecies given by Isaiah and the odds of one man fulfilling even 10 of them is, get ready for this, get out your calculators, 10 to the 17th power. You say, well, what is even 10 to the 17th power? Well, I want you to write a one and then do 17 zeros after that. It's a very big number. So the odds of one person even fulfilling 10 of these is one out of 10 to the 17th power. Jesus fulfilled more than 300 prophecies. Amazing. Our God is awesome. And there's no question about who Jesus is when you really, really dig into it. I love the stories. Like Lee Strobel. If you haven't read the book Case for Christ or even seen the movie, this was a very, very smart man who wanted to disprove Jesus. And the more he leaned in, the more he realized who Jesus was. And hundreds of years before Jesus, the prophet Isaiah said these words, Behold my servant, whom I have chosen, speaking on behalf of God, as prophets do. My beloved, in whom my soul is well pleased, I will put my spirit upon him and he proclaim justice to the Gentiles. We're not even there yet. Jesus is still in Israel talking to the people. I think they're mad now when he's challenging some of the things they're doing. Wait until he opens it up, which Jesus already has. We've seen him. Um, we've seen him address the Gentiles. We've seen him. In earlier chapters, you know, heal in the centurion's house and proclaim that his faith was even more powerful than the Jewish man. If you remember why that was, it was because the centurion said, Lord, you don't even have to go to my house, I believe. Right. And the, and the, um, the, the Jewish man, one of God's people said, you know, come to my house and heal my loved one. Um 
So Jesus is proclaiming justice to the Gentiles. And I love this. He will not quarrel nor cry out, nor will anyone hear his voice in the streets. A battered reed he will not break off and a smoldering wick he will not put out until he leads justice to victory. Jesus didn't have to stay and argue. I think we've said it here before and I'll say it again. Difference between a discussion and an argument. A discussion's about what is right. An argument's about who is right. And you can save a whole heck of a lot of time if you just make the decision not to argue with anyone. I'll have discussions all day, every day. I love to discuss. But I tried to give up arguing a long time ago. Do I fall into it every once in a while? Yeah, who doesn't? But arguing's not worth it. You have a call and a purpose on your life. And that is to be God's hand extended here on earth. And you say, well, I don't know if I could do that. You know, I don't know if I could preach. I don't know if I could do that. But we're not talking about that. Just be the love to people. Just love on people. Be willing to forgive people. Don't waste your time in quarrels that don't make sense and that divide people. When you have the option to either say something positive or say something negative, say something positive. When you have the option to contribute to gossip or shift the conversation or even say something endearing or edifying, go that route. I think we take for granted what we can do that is really the ministry work of our life. We think of missions and we think about going overseas. The mission field is wherever you step your foot. God placed you in this generation at this time. A mission, a ministry, doesn't have to be an event. It's a lifestyle. It's who you are. And what we see here is Jesus, no matter what comes after him, is Jesus just doing what he needs to do. Proclaiming the kingdom of God and sharing the good news and helping people get free. That's what I charge you to do as we wrap up here as we're coming up and just past our 1%. Go out there and just be God to somebody today. Just be God's hand extended. Don't get involved in quarrels, messes. It's always a good time to do something good. Don't cave in to peer pressures. Do something different than what the crowd's doing. Bless people around you today. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for everybody listening to the sound of my voice. All of us that come together and study. Father, just you know that your word strengthens us. Strengthens us to go even beyond what we want to do, what we see, what we feel, even what we're capable of. We know that faith comes by the word and the word comes by hearing. And with just thank you that we can hear your word, learn your word. And now we're ready to go out and apply your word. Church, you feel strengthened today? I believe that you're going to get an opportunity to bless somebody today with the presence of God that's inside of you. Take that opportunity today. Amen. In Jesus name we pray. I'm Pastor J.D. Ambrosio with Sound of Heaven Church in Deer Park, New York. 
Check us out at soh.church. You're listening to the 1% Christian Daily Bible Study Podcast. 100 starts with one. Let's go out and do something for Christ's sake. I love you guys. Have a great day.